Welcome to Punk Frockers, a community sewing podcast brought to you by Jenny Hassler and Beverly Baptiste. Good morning, Beverly. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jenny. It's pretty dark here, but next week it's going to be even darker. I never remember how the time change impacts the morning. I only notice the evening because we hit this weird place where, um, pardon me, where I am not able to go to bed early in the evening because nine o'clock, even though the sun goes down at eight, at nine o'clock, it'll still be too light out. Well, if it gets lighter at night, guess what happens in the morning? That's never occurred to me. I've assumed the days are just getting literally longer. Well, and I think do. they are to they some do. extent, just not quite as radically as I think. Yeah, just not in one night. Yeah. So who's so, our sponsor this month? You know what? We actually have two sponsors, but our first sponsor is Club D-I-B-Y, and that's Do It Better Yourself. And they are sponsoring us with one pattern a week, which means that you and I have to figure out a way to give away one pattern each and every week, which is I think somewhat of a struggle, given that for the last four months, I've really struggled to give away a pattern a month, like to do it timely. (laughs) And so... Well, how about two for you and two for me? That sounds amazing. And I think it's a good challenge for us. You know, I think it's a good challenge. Um, The other thing I want to note, and this will come up later in our episode, is there are quite a few free patterns available through Club DIBY. Now, as I recall, none of them are adult patterns sized for 60-inch hips, but there's children's patterns and other non-clothing patterns available there for free as well, which fits in really well with our theme today. That's true. We also have So Explicit Eve, uh, who's giving us a dress pattern um, that has a 63-inch hip. Yeah, and this is that fabulous dress I made with the pleated um, sleeves that really poof out that I made out of a beautiful ponte. I'm excited to be able to offer that to one of our listeners. Um, What have you been up to? Well, I've made a few things. I made a Roscoe blouse. This is from True Bias. Um, They squeak under under our uh, little provision of rounding up 59 and a half inch hip. Although I would argue that the Roscoe blouse is pretty free in the hip. Um, But um, it's, uh, I made it with this kind of strange fabric from Mood. I don't know if you saw it on Instagram, but it's this. It's this weird digital print that has some of it looking like a painting and some of it looks like a photograph. And it kind of looks like, I don't know, surface of the moon or something, but also gold foil. It's very strange fabric. I thought it looked marbled, like marbled fabric that you might make yourself by floating the inks on top of water. Yeah. And added some gold or coppery maybe yeah it's so strange but actually before I made it into the garment I was like I don't think I'm gonna like this but I had it in my stash for a long time and I'm like I'm gonna use this to try this anyway because I was adding a button placket to the Roscoe blast I've had a big failure with this pattern before and that is because um I made it out of rayon which is a nice fabric for it because it's a big floaty um pattern but um it has it the whole neckline is gathered and then you gather it into bias tape and i just had a problem because rayon bias tape is so unstable that i ended up with this huge neckline that i didn't want so the mood fabric i used is a cotton voile which is still very floaty but much more stable than rayon and i used your trick of um, not cutting a 45 degree bias. Yeah. I didn't do the, um, you know, willy nilly do it how you want. I did it at 30 degrees. Cause you know, that's me. I had to have some kind of standard for it. And, um, but that worked really well. And I, um, I was able to get that, uh, neckline, how I liked it and a nice little button placket up the front. I like how that came out. That's really nice. I love that fabric. I think it's um, super cute. And I love that you made that cute little button placket. That's really great. 
And the other thing I've made is the True Bias Danny Pants. Um, I use this black textured cotton from Core Fabrics. It's a, you were right when I talked about these pants. These are the ones that have in the front, there's a short section that is a straight waistband and then it's, um, and then it's a gathered waistband, you know, the rest of the way around. But then there's a fly front and you were like, so there's elastic waist and a zipper. That seems unreasonable. Right. Um, but I did put the zipper in next time I'll make a faux fly because obviously you don't need the dang zipper. Uh, I do like the look of it, but I can have a look of it without putting in the zipper. Um, I think that's, that's great too. Um, I'm glad you can skip what I think is an annoying step if it's not needed. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you have to do the whole, like, you know, fly shield and everything because it's not an invisible zip or anything. So I, but the, the thing is they, it's a very high waisted pattern and um, it's so high waisted that I actually gave them to Jim for like around the house pants, because for me, they just came up like they came up under my bra. It was like really, really. Oh, okay. High. Yeah. Yeah. That so. makes almost an argument for a twall, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I just gave him a Jim. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not really arguing for a twall. That was definitely okay. a joke. <laughs> What have you been up to? Well, we've both been on a bit of a true bias bender, it sounds like, um, because I have made... It's true. Both of mine are true bias. Six Lodo dresses since we last spoke. (laughs) I know, right? Yeah. Um, (laughs) And in fact, true bias, uh, apparently if you tag them enough days in a row in new dresses, they'll reach out and be like, hey, do you mind if we post some of these? (laughs) So they they posted a link to my dresses as well as examples. And I started uh, this jag of true bias garments with a canvas leopard print that I got from seams fabric. It's blue with pink and other colored leopards and a lot of foliage. I think if you're not looking at it closely, you probably don't even notice the cats because they're, it's a small scale print relatively not. Oh, when you mean leopard print, it's not leopard spots. It's leopard. I mean, yeah. I mean, grr, and they've got claws and stuff. Yeah. And they're hiding behind things. So yeah. Um, and then I made another one out of upholstery canvas from Joanne. This is a, this was a cream colored linen and cotton blend upholstery fabric that has big gray and green flowers on it. Like big, I mean, bigger than a dinner plate like very large flowers on it. And I found that in the Joanne that I have, at the back of the store, they have the red dot section for clearance fabrics. And on the back of the table that they have for that, the other side of it are upholstery fabrics typically. But in this case, they also had a little section that was instead of on, you know how most fabrics at a Joanne are on a bolt that's a rectangle, but it's got dimension. It's an inch thick or something, right? It's an in, And it's hollow inside and you wrap the fabric around it. They had a selection of upholstery fabrics that are on a flat piece of corrugated cardboard that someone just wrote a price on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So they're somehow, they're discontinued or seconds or I don't know what's the deal with them, but there's some weird thing. They're not normal. And uh, this was $7 a yard for a linen canvas blend. Wow. And I thought, well, that's really nice. And it didn't have any of the like sunbrella treatment on it. I have to. So the fabric didn't have any of the uh, sunbrella treatment on it, which I don't care for because that takes way too many washes to become comfortably wearable. It's got just a little too much stiffness, like denim you haven't worn in if it's got that. And this didn't have that. So I bought it and I made it. And I actually really love it. I think it's super cute. And, and it's, I have it's these, not scratchy? Not one bit. It's soft. It, it washes up like a canvas weight of any of the linen cotton blends we've bought before. So okay. like, um, what's Essex? that one we like? Yeah, Essex, like Essex. It's like that. And it, it, when you look at it, the grain looks like that too. It's not, it's not cross woven. I mean, well, it is, it's woven, but you know what I mean? It's not two different colors or anything, but the kind of nubble texture to it where you can really see the threads going up and down over each other. It's similar to that. I like it very much. 
And then my next one, I bought a corduroy, a micro cord from Julia Cost there in Hawaii. Now, what she does is she paints oil paintings, and then she figures out how to tile them to put them onto fabric. And I did the one she calls Yellow Bouquet, which um, I'm trying to sew through all of hers, but at, at $30 a yard, it's going to take me some time. Um, but and this is a maxi it. one, right? It is. And so I did my Lodo. I maxied it. And I brought the slit up 20 inches on either side, which means I think the rule like in high school was your shorts had to be longer than your index fingers or your <laughs> middle fingers when you held your hands down. And this, the slit starts right about there. So just to okay. give you an idea of where it is. So there for um, what what women over 50 shouldn't wear lists is mm-hmm. probably slightly higher slit than those terrible lists that are trying to define what you can wear would say. But I found it to be quite comfortable and I would forget that the slit was that high until I'd sit down and I'm like, oh yeah, I should probably just shift this slightly <laughs> because I don't mind people seeing my thigh tattoo, but maybe not the whole thing. Um, <laughs> so it was, it was exciting to wear, but I wore that to QuiltCon That was my dress for QuiltCon. And I got stopped many times on every aisle by someone who wanted to tell me how amazing my dress was. Oh, that's awesome. So it was really exciting because I got to share about Julia's fabrics. I had a lot of people who looked at it and were like, is that cord? Do you mind if I touch the fabric? People were very polite at QuiltCon because in a grocery line, people will just reach out and grope my clothing. But at QuiltCon, (laughs) folks were asking, which I loved. Um, people also, it was really great. They, um, a, a number of people, I was giving away little gift packs from punk frockers and from me and, uh, and folks who would come up to me, I'd offer them that they'd ask if I was a hugger, which means they don't listen to the podcast because I'm not, <laughs> um, but, but they would ask instead of, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. a different from the last time I went to big sewing expos uh-huh. because everybody just piled in for hugs, whether you were up for it or not. Well, I so think I- also people now because of COVID ask. And I'll take it if it's a COVID change, but yeah. it's, it's, I really appreciated that. I had a great time at, at QuiltCon and we can talk about that as well. Well, I do have a question about it. Um, so do you, was there a lot of opportunity to purchase like garment fabric there? Oh, yes. So not only quilting fabric, which there was obviously more opportunity for, um, but most of them, not most of them, a lot of booths were carrying the Charlie Harper oh. and the uh, Ruby Star and um, the other one whose name I'm blanking on right now, but a bunch of the big names that do cloud cotton and steel. Cotton and steel that do both quilt fabrics and canvases, but also rayons. Mm-hmm. And so it was not uncommon to see the rayons and the canvases there as well. Okay. But like <clears throat> mostly just from quilting companies? Mostly from companies that I could identify as quilting companies. There were um, like, there were hand dyers that were offering linens and cottons that they seemed to intend to sell primarily to quilters, but that obviously had applications elsewhere. Um, So yeah, I I would say the vast majority would be quilting cottons, Um, but they also tended to be only high quality quilting cottons. And there were a couple of booths with Ankara fabric and there were a couple of booths with Japanese fabrics. Okay. And um, the Japanese fabric. You have a garment sewing Well, there are garment sewing expos, but I haven't seen them anywhere near us. There's one called Sewing Expo um, that right now I think is in Washington State. I think it's going on right this minute and has occasionally gone to Orlando. So I think there are things like that. Um, They just got to keep an eye out for that. That would be (laughs) awesome. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I was surprised by how many people at the quilting con seemed to know who I was like would walk up and 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 say something or I had one woman chase me down she was like oh my gosh someone told me you were here and that I just needed to keep looking for your hair (laughs) and I'm like yeah I guess the pink stands out a little not super a lot there were plenty of other pink haired you know or colorful haired people but it was it was interesting and it was fun. I had a I had a really good time at it. I think there was less overload for me because it was a quilting con and not a sewing con. Okay. I will say that the same size event where everything was aimed at clothing sewers 
probably would have been overwhelming, but I also think I would have struggled more with the unwelcoming sizing that is common. Oh, that's true. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to argue that it's still significantly less than half of patterns come mm-hmm. to my size. Mm-hmm. And so no matter how you look at it, the odds that the only things being advertised are going to be the ones that are inclusive is pretty slim. And um, there wasn't, there, there were no people at this where there felt like any pushback about my body or body size, but I so commonly experience when I'm asking about a pattern that doesn't come up to my size or where the patterns that are, do, you know, are located. I typically get pushback on that. And I, mm-hmm. I think that would have, it would have been different. I don't think it would have been bad. I'd love to go. I just think that there would be, there would be more burden yeah, <laughs> that, sure. yeah, that I would experience relative to it. Not bad, not a thing I don't want to do, but but not the good part, right? The yeah. good part would be all the things you could see and all the people and, and that. So, um, but I agree, we need to go to more sewing cons. So yeah. that, that would be amazing. Um, <clears throat> in addition, I made a gray denim maxi uh, Lodo. I made an Ankara Lodo after I got back from the sewing con. And I made that out of two and a half inch strips that I purchased at the quilt con. And those are called jelly rolls and they're intended obviously typically for quilting. And I did use them in that way. I used a piece of IL-19 linen from Fabrics Store and I started a log cabin, which you just start by basting a square onto the fabric. And then each side you go around with your two and a half inch strip, um, finger pressing it flat and sewing on the next strip in a spiral shape. And that's called a log cabin. And I did that to a size that was a little bit bigger than I expected to cut my garment out of it with. I don't understand how the linen fits in. The linen was my foundation for it. So instead of having a bunch of raw seams on the back or even finished seams, if I chose to finish them, the quilt is attached as you go to the piece of linen and it's called foundation piecing. Oh, I and so, and so I take with the square on the linen, the square Mm -hmm. of the color I want, I put right sides together. And so my first strip down through the square and the linen and then fold it back out so that now right sides are up and the seam is encased and then rotate 90 degrees and put face down my next piece of fabric and sew along the full line of the, the strip I added and the square uh-huh. And then I fold it back out so the good side is up, finger press it so it's flat, rotate 90 degrees, and now I'm doing the same thing. But the nice thing is, as you can see when I hold it yeah. up, it's still got lots of fluidity. That's I'm, cool. It's, it's not heavy, and I'm not doing like quilting lines real close to each other. It's two I and a like half strips. So I like this idea. That's I'm, very cool. I'm really enjoying it. And I've got another one coming up that I'm making that way, but I'm still in the middle of. And then my last one that I did was I bought, I bought eight different colors of linen from core fabrics. I wanted to try their linens anyway. Mm -hmm. And I went through the colors they had and selected some that I thought would be nice for doing one of those um, thread and sprout landscape shirts out of only, of course, I was going to make a dress. Yeah. Yeah, the nature ones. And mm-hmm. then if I was going to make a dress right now, the only dress I'm making is the Lodo because it's such an amazing canvas for showstopper prints and, as it turns out, for quilted pieces. And so this time I didn't do it as a quilt. I did. I, I bought the little packet from Thread and Sprout, which is $10 for how to make a landscape, a nature top. Mm-hmm. And I read through it and I thought, well, I'm not going to do any of that. Um, I had originally thought I was going to, because I bought a second copy of the True Bias pattern, and I was going to cut it apart and add seam allowances and then cut my pieces out specifically along the angles I had chosen at that time. But instead, what I did was I laid my fabrics on the table. So I laid for my bodice, I had a a darker orange and and a peachy coral orange, and I laid the dark orange on the table, good side up. And then I laid my peachy orange on the table, good side up over my dark orange. And I dropped it down maybe an inch and a half or two inches. So you've got a little bit of dark orange exposed Mm -hmm. and then the peachy. And I lined up the grains so that they were lined up in that way. And then I took my rotary cutter 
And I said, what curve would I like here? And I just made a curve. Mm. And, and then I took, because they're both right side up. I know what I want them to look like when they're together. Right. Yeah. And then I just folded the dark orange down over the peachy orange and picked the piece up by that corner where they met, walked over to my machine and without pins and without stretching, being careful to like just casually feed it through my machine, but treating the curves like I would an arm sigh so that I was using my fingers and sometimes even lifting the fabric if the curve was significant so that I had one piece kind of held a little bit up and the bottom piece I was using my hand to move so that the seams, so that the edges still stayed matched. Mm -hmm. And I just fed it through and I thought, well, I hope that worked. And I walked over to the table and laid it out and finger pressed and it was flat enough. It was, it was flat enough. And so I surged that and top stitched it. Okay. To hold the seam down. And I just did that over and over for all my colors. And then I applique on a sun (laughs) because I'm a little extra. I applique on a sun in the corner and I love it. That's one of my favorite things I've ever made. Oh, cool. I I really love it. Now, I did skip the part where I wanted the seams to match on the side. I didn't piece the back. I just used a solid green, which was the last color in my garment Mm -hmm. on the back. And I think it came out really cute. It definitely resonated with folks when I posted it online. There were a lot of folks who thought that was super cool. I I think it's really amazing. And while I did not use the specific instructions from Thread and Sprout, if I had not purchased those instructions a year or two ago, and if I had not spent time thinking about it and reading it, I would never have done this. So I didn't use their specific instructions, but their instructions, after understanding them, gave me the courage to do it my way. Yeah, cool. So um, anyway, so that's a lot of time to tell you that I sewed a few things and they were all Lodo dresses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh do you want to talk about some new patterns? I love new patterns. And I really love that we're leading with Style, style Arc because Style Arc is this company that I think just doesn't get enough attention. Um, especially given how significant their most recent expansion in sizing going up to 70 inches, which is some time ago. This is not like last week they did this, Mm -hmm. Um, but going all the way up to a 70 inch hip is amazing. Um, I have, as we've discussed before, I have a few things about their drafting that don't work for me, but it's because my body, my height isn't what they're drafting for. My arm length isn't what they're drafting for. And that's fine. No, No company drafts for all exact proportions right Right. it's not a thing that happens what we what we want to see is companies that are allowing for a significant variance in body size from small to very large and style art does that in spades so yeah the new pattern we're highlighting this month is the spencer woven pant which sounds really up my alley no wait that's a beverly Uh, (laughs) i really like them though they're these wide leg very loose fitting kind of trousers. They have a waistband with probably a zip fly. It looks like, um, there's a welt yeah. pocket in the back with, um, there's some pleats in the front and, uh, darts in the back. And, uh, they look really, I think really put together and probably depending on what fabric you use depends yeah. on sort of how fancy they'd be. Mm-hmm. I think they could definitely span from office to evening to casual wear, um, yeah, depending yeah. on that fabric. Yeah. Yeah, those are super cute. I love that. What else do we have? We have the Itch to Stitch Coimbra. I don't know what how to say that, sure. but um, Coimbra wrap top. So it's a wrap top that uh, is up to a 62 inch hip it's meant for knit fabric and Mm -hmm. it looks like it you can it's a obviously a v-neck with a wrap (laughs) um but it has either a collar or not a camp collar or no collar at all and it looks like it wraps pretty tight and it goes around you know the Mm -hmm. wrap part goes around the body a couple times like a lot of wrap tops would it looks like a cute uh nice top though yeah, I, I think it is really cute. I think for me, I'd struggle with it in the same way I do all wrap tops, mm-hmm. which isn't bad. It's just a preference in how I wear them. But I think it's really cute. And I actually really like it with the collar on it. Yeah. And I think it might be cute, like um, almost like a jacket. 
you know, like, if oh, you I agree. Over, yeah. Like over a, something, it'd be really neat. I also think you could extend that skirt down pretty easily and oh, end up yeah. making it into something that worked there. Now that would be dependent. How you extended the skirt would depend on how your hip to waist ratio is. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be pretty easy to turn into a dress, which would be super cute. But what is this month's actual topic? Not this month. I apologize. This month it's leg cages all month long. <laughs> but each week we usually have a subtopic and I think we're, I think we're focusing on something kind of cool. Yes. So first of all, this is going to be a very pattern heavy episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, what we're going to talk about. So this month, March, 2023 is uh, also, a there's an event in the sewing community that Frugalissima and Yorkshire Sew, Sew Girl have put on. I think this is the third year um, where you are to make a free pattern with stash fabric and you post it on some, you know, the end of the month. Anyways, okay, I've got a question about that. I have to start with a question because you follow this challenge more uh-huh. than I did. Yes. Because historically, as we've talked about, it's not very welcoming for someone in my body size, or it doesn't feel that way to me. When we say stash fabric. Yes. If it's fabric that technically only arrived a week or two ago, but it wasn't purchased for this, would that be stash? Yeah, I think probably they mean just like, yeah, it wasn't purchased for this. I think, yeah. I mean, I don't know. They're not going to go and look at your records, but like, um, (laughs) I think the the idea is maybe it arrived before the beginning of March. How about that? Um, okay. I, yeah, this I, definitely did. Because I partic- I'm going to participate this time, which okay. I don't normally do. Okay. But I just realized I'd forgotten the stash provision. And I'm like, oh, shit. I bought something from Australia a couple months ago, and it just arrived a couple weeks ago. I think that should count. Um, but, you know. Maybe don't mention it. I don't know. (laughs) Anyways, the point of this is um, apparently there's some kind of joke that in Yorkshire people are very frugal. I don't know if this is true, but um, but uh, Frugalissima and Yorkshire Showgirl are both from Yorkshire and they, you know, want to offer this. And it's a pretty big event in the sewing community. And I think it would be. Uh, we've noted before that it's difficult to find patterns that fit larger body sizes. And so we kind of put our money where our mouth is and investigated for ourselves. Yep. Patterns. Yeah. And one thing I will say is, so we did this episode a year ago and you can go to our um, episode from last year. It's episode number 69, free patterns. Boom. It's a great number. No, I'm sorry. That was me being awful. <laughs> I just think on punk frockers, we can't call out episode 69 and not laugh about it. <laughs> okay. Um, the warning though on that is that they went to our previous 55 inch standard and most of them do not mm-hmm. meet our new standard. So this was, this was a challenge. I told, I pitched this to Jenny saying, you know, I'm doing some, you know, research on this, I think it'd be great for us to offer this so that, you know, more folks can participate in this. And then I realized, oh, damn, this is hard to find things that are up to a 60 inch hip and also free. So um, we, but we found a bunch and we found a bunch of different types of garments and different types of things to make. So Jenny, why don't you start off with the first one? Cause you found this and you made this. I did. Okay. So I did a search. My search term was free sewing pattern dress because, of course, I mostly wear dresses and I just started off looking for what I've always struggled to find, which is good dress patterns that are free. And it pulled up a bunch of lists where people were like, nine dress patterns for free. You must sew. And I clicked on a few of those and started going through each dress. And what I ended up focusing on was dresses that were made to measure. Because I think there are some good things and some bad things about patterns that are based on your measurements, especially since I believe in each one of these cases, the designer is a straight size sewist. And they may or may not have considered when they put what amounted to a tutorial out there on how to make this dress, how it might work across multiple bodies. So I was super excited to see it and really, really glad to get an opportunity to start 
trying some of them out. The first one is called the Tulip DIY Dress. And that one is from the Felted Fox. And I've there's a link to it here. And it's a, a dress that was inspired. They were walking down a road and saw a $500 dress with a tulip skirt on it in a window and thought, oh, no, I can make that. <laughs> and went out to figure out how to do it. Now, I have a couple of caveats because this is one that I did make and I made it out of a Hello Friend fabric that I got. This is one of those companies that hires a bunch of designers or pays a bunch of designers for doing a wild array of fabrics and then takes pre-orders and prints specifically what people want. <clears throat> These are some of the ends of those that didn't get sold. And so I ordered one that has, um, it's got large scale bugs all over it, like adorable bugs on an aqua background. And it showed up and I thought, oh, well, that's a knit fabric. I don't know what to do with. So I made this dress. And the instructions for the dress, um, they just they just start off by saying, fold your knit fabric in half and cut the width, once it's folded in half, the width that is equal to your entire waist measurement. <laughs> and... And for most mint fabrics, that's going to minimize, limit you to a 30 inch waist. So I'm just going to lead with that's not necessarily yeah. how it's going to work for most sewists, right? Right, right? So I took it's and it's supposed to be one yard long, the piece you pick, 36 okay. inches long, and fold it in half and cut to the width of your waist. Okay. So I cut two one yard pieces, seamed them. Okay. And then cut out to my waist, which is 47 inches. And I think okay. I rounded up to 48 because that was easier. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and I went ahead and I cut that piece, but I had to piece my fabric first. Okay. Um, so that's just one note in the instructions. And then to do the curve on the front, the instructions have you cutting an arc that starts 15 inches from the top of the fabric. Okay. And on the, on the not fold side and then arcs up yeah. towards the folded corner okay and I thought I wonder if 15 inches is the right amount for different <laughs> body sizes I yeah. wasn't expecting it to be I just wondered yeah I mean I'll admit that I started with bet it isn't but I, I it was really just a wonder <laughs> um, and it turns out for me it worked out beautifully so I'm going to argue oh. it might work for most people 36 inches long because on the bottom you're now cutting an arc from that same 15 inch uh -huh. point towards the bottom corner. Yeah. Right. But that still means in the back, this dress is <laughs> at the center seam is 36 inches long. And the picture is a knee length dress. Yeah. So I think that 36 might be adjustable. Like you might want to measure to your knees or just below your knees, wherever you want it to be in the back and maybe okay. consider, consider adjusting the length. I did not because I committed to just making it exactly as instructed. Okay. Um, and mine is long. It's it's more of a midi in the back um, than it is. So it's like a mullet skirt, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but from there, you're using elastic that's one inch shorter than your waist. And I, from experience, know I need my elasticized waist to be considerably shorter than that for my waist. So I did cut mine shorter, my normal 10%, mm -hmm. um, so four inches smaller than my waist size, almost five. And... Um, and then you're overlapping basically that front panel, the curve part of it. The points of the curve go to the side seam and the side seam if you overlap them. So um, one goes over the other and those points will end at your side seams on your garment. So if you're okay. thinking about the garment as having the side seams be um, a quarter of the way in on either side, right? Because you've got a full half them for the back. And then you're gathering it onto your, well, you're gathering it and then you're applying it to stretched elastic. So it's like a double gather. It's, it's a lot of gathering going on there. And then for your bodice, it's made out of, um, I made it out of two 21 inch tall pieces that were the, the, um, half the width of my waist because that was the instruction, right? And so I, I cut them exactly as I was instructed to do. And uh, I made my neck, they've got more of a boat to it. I made my neck a little bit lower because I know I wouldn't wear that. That yeah. wouldn't be comfortable for me. There's no finishing on any of the edges here. So your neckline doesn't have a finish. Your sleeves don't have a finish. And the hem doesn't have a finish. The tulip hem. 
It looks like a fun, a fun dress. It looks like, you know, it's a be careful when you sit down dress, but it, it looks like it's, yeah. yeah. It, looks it, it came out really well. And I'll have pictures up before this episode comes out almost certainly of this okay. dress. Cool. I was impressed and it took less than two hours to whip up, even with the part where I had to like freehand some curves and then, you know, manhandle some elastic and things like that. It's, it's adorable. <laughs> I was really surprised. Um, okay, the next one that you found is a caftan dress, and that does look simple to sew. That's also a made-to-measure? It is. It's a made-to-measure, and it involves um, very few seams. It is basically two giant rectangles, <laughs> and, and that's all there is to it. On the other hand, styled as it is with a belt, with a necklace, it's got a boat neckline, etc. It's cute. Caftan dresses are definitely a thing people enjoy, and it it gives you all the tools you need to feel confident about the measuring. I have not made that one yet, but there's a good chance that I will sometime this month just to try it out. But this third one, which is a DIY daisy, that's the designer, my address or top, I've made a couple of these before. And this is um, this is a really basic loose dress. It's got a bodice to it, full sleeves and a skirt. and um, And the bodice is really... It's very much just a boxy top bodice. And is it like um, a zero waist? It can be. It can be low okay. waist for sure. I think yeah. the, the zero is a little hard because the neckline does involve a curve and they're not reusing that anywhere. But it's very, very low waist. And it's awfully fun. I've made a few versions of it. Um, DIY Daisy's website has a lot of different versions of it offered as examples. Um, and I I really enjoy this one. It was one of my first entry points into the low waist garment sewing, but also into can I just cut a thing out and make a garment out of it? Yeah, right? that's I, a that's a fun pattern. It that's definitely a my style pattern, you know, like yeah, just 100%. Kind of really loose. It reminds me a lot of yeah, of of a lot of the kind of things I like to wear. In the picture we have in show notes, she's wearing what looks to be a Liberty of London. Yeah, um, print and I imagine it's just delightful to wear. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Speaking of which, Liberty of London. There were a lot of Liberty of London fabrics. I forgot that at QuiltCon. Oh, I bet. Yeah, you could have spent some money there. You could have. And I did have people when I was at that booth stop me and say, "You sew clothing. What do you think of these for quilts?" <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> I thought, well, that's, I mean, because I obviously, it looked really obvious that I'd made my clothing, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I, I really love their stuff. I, I think they're, I think I would have questions about how lawn would hold up as a quilting fabric. Like, I don't know that it would be bad. I just don't know what mm -hmm. the fineness of the threads, because it's definitely high enough thread count, but mm -hmm. I don't know what the fineness would do in terms of repeated washings oh, I bet you'd be and wear and use. Yeah. So. Um, okay, but I yeah, it was interesting. And then the last one just got released before we um, started today's recording. This but is not Chris the last Woods, one. The last one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> before we get to the cool ones that aren't just basically dresses, those um, <laughs> has just released the start here top, which is just rectangles it's just yeah. rectangles it can be zero waste if the size of the fabric and your body match up to make it zero waste otherwise it is low waste and it's a boat neck top with a drop shoulder rectangle sleeve and um she gives instructions just like the ones i mentioned above that are all based on your own body measurements so these are expansive designs because you make them based on what you measure not based on what the pattern designer chose to stop at yeah, so this is really um this this top I think is cool. There's two things about it. I think if I made it, I would maybe put um some elastic or something in the sleeves. Um Oh yeah. I, like I think that. that would look that would look cute. I don't know how I'd do with that thing at the neck because it's just like I, yeah. Yeah. I would not boat neck it. I actually looked at this one and thought instead of curving the neck, what I think I would do is to take a cut straight down the center front oh. and, and face it in that, that way so that it, so that it had not a V, but just a slit front, which yeah. would, I think, solve my problem with the neck. Yeah, probably. Um, so we've got some other really interesting things. This next one I'm super excited by. I think I found this. Maybe from like, so I did, uh, my search terms were a little different. I first tried just like 
free pattern, 60 inch hip. And I, anyways, I had a lot of different search terms. So I can't really give you all the search terms because I, I got different results. I think I found this one through, um, might've been Layla from Moon and Broad somehow. It's yeah, not I, I think that is true. Yeah. Um, this is a free jumpsuit pattern from the Rational Dress Society. These patterns are ungendered. They're not unisex. So they're not one, they're not basically men's jumpsuits. You right. have a lot of different choices for your body type and fit. They go up to a 62 inch hip. And I gave the link to sizing information because that's where you, you can't, you, you kind of have to go through that one and pick you like for example i have a size chart on the show notes that shows that um it's a seat difference between 12 and 15 inches you would use that size chart and the you know so there it's a difference between your waist and hip is really great then you would use this size chart and then they have right. ones where if it's more similar and so i think it's really cool because they're not you know um, they're not gendered, but they are accounting for the fact that some people have straight bodies and some people have curvy bodies and, um, you can get, uh, and they have the chest and seat measurements and they have really interesting sizing. They just have random names like shoe and book and rewind. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's a really cool, like work jumpsuit kind of thing. Um, they have, a variety of different size and um, diverse models for their the pictures that they have. I think it's a cool jumpsuit. It really looks like a worker jumpsuit because they in the picture there's also like they're all wearing denim. But of course you don't have to use denim. What do you think of that one? I I think this one is amazing, um, and it's it's now something I'm going to have to go ahead and buy. Um, it's free for sure. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm going to have to buy the fabric for it. I'm going to have to get it printed. I think that I'm in Ohio and <laughs> fitted a mono garment. I believe I would be in Ohio. Oh, and yes. And part of it is um, height. That's yes. really cool. Yeah. Yes. Because I have a chest difference of six or nine inches or above and a seat difference between 12 and a half and 15 inches. And I am five foot six. I think that makes me Ohio and I am excited by it. That's really um, cool. I am excited by it. That's a really neat find. I'm really glad you called that one out. That's wonderful. Okay. So I definitely, because, you know, there are a lot of free t-shirt patterns yeah. on the internet. A lot of them are not up to 60 inch hip um, but there are a number of them that are the first one. I, I just wanted to call out two of them. Mostly one of them I've made before. And one of them is a company I make everything from. And I think is a great company. The first one is a closet core t-shirt pattern. I've not made this t-shirt pattern when I was looking at pictures of this, I decided I'm going to, you know, I always like a new t-shirt pattern. Um, but this is a free pattern up to 63 inch chest. It has a slightly boxy silhouette, a silhouette. It comes in two lengths with two sleeve options. The thing I like about it is it's a t-shirt with, it's not like a, it has a set in sleeve and, um, I think it looks like a, just a comfy, cozy t-shirt. It does. It's a little slouchy. It looks like it's um it's set in, but it looks like it's slightly dropped. Yeah, agreed. Like maybe an inch off shoulder point, which is um like a really reasonable place for a slouchy yeah. set in. I yeah. I like it. Although the the next one that you've called out as well, the Grain Line uh, Studios Hemlock Tea is another yeah. kind that I view as sort of a slouchy tea, and it looks really fun. Yeah, and it's a much more dropped shoulder. Um, it's you know it's sort of a yeah. blown on sleeve with an added sleeve on it. And I've made this um, several times. It's a nice, it's a wide neck on it too. Um, it goes up to a 61 inch hip and um, you can get it, it for a free pattern. It comes with a lot of different options. You can have crop length, mid length, um, a tunic length. There's long sleeves, three quarter sleeves, short sleeves, and they all have a wide neckline though. And it looks like they have, and, and it does have like, um, 
some looseness in the hip. You know, it's not like a close fitting tee. So it's just comfy. Yeah. And I do want to note with this one, it's free with subscription to the latest newsletter. So you do have to sign up for the newsletter, which is the case for some of the free patterns that we've identified. I did want to say that too. Yeah. A lot of the, you may find that for a lot of them that you have to sign up to give your email address or something. Yeah. And you can unsubscribe, but in this case, it's a $5 pattern that if you subscribe to the newsletter, you get a code that makes it free. Yeah. And it is super cute. I'm thinking I may make the the short sleeve version of it because I'm looking for things I can make really easily to wear underneath overalls. And this looks like oh. uh, this particular one looks like one I would really appreciate underneath an overall. Yeah. So. And it's a real quick one. Yep. Yeah. I love it. Okay, this next one I'm pretty excited about. Um, this is the Artist Wrap Skirt. It's from Artist Made Patterns. It goes up to a 66-inch hip. It comes in two views. One, view A is a knee-length skirt with curved seams and less gathers in the waist. And then view B is a midi-length skirt with straight seams and more gathers in the waist. Both have pockets. Um, it also comes with digital stencils that are um, inspired yeah. by the work of Carmen Herrera and instructions on how to create your own hand-printed version of the skirt. I think it's, I think it's great. I love it. And yeah, the thing I, I love about a wrap skirt instead of a wrap dress, you can wear, you don't have to worry about it gaping in the front, you know, like. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, one of the things I've loved all the time about the artist made patterns is those digital stencils and this idea of once you've made your garment, now you can go ahead and really customize it. Okay, so you know about this artist-made patterns? I do. I own a couple of their patterns. Um, And so that's one. I've got the artist house dress and the artist box top. And I bought them specifically for the the stenciling that comes with them. And that was a thing that I was super-duper interested in when I started. And when I bought them... I would swear to you that they did not go up as large as they do now. They're ones that I never made because I was going to have to adjust them, I believe. And now they go up to a 71-inch hip for the Artist House sewing dress pattern, for example. Oh, nice. And if you go and look at the Artist House sewing pattern, you can see on one of the examples of it, the green example is someone who has done the painting with the stencils. Oh, nice. Right. And so I I think these are really interesting garments with just some really interesting options available on them. You know what I mean? And so I I really love these. I think that they are just the neatest idea um, and approach creativity in a way that I think is is really valuable. Yeah, I think it's a that's a nice pattern. So. So, yeah. And so, but, but do we have anything else that would be more appropriate for this month? <laughs> we have the peg leg leggings from Pirate Patterns for Pirates. I always say that wrong. They go up to a 64 inch hip. They come with several views. There's a high rise ankle, a mid rise capri, bike length, sh- like shorties, and a bat. Uh, oh, and back view. <laughs> and, and if you want, you can put the back of the shorts on for all of these. <laughs> the picture I've used in here, the Patterns for Pirates always has a lot of different examples of their patterns made. And the example that I have in here, at first I was like, what is she showing? Like, she's just showing her butt. But it's, um, she's... <laughs> She's got uh skin tone colored um like bike short lengths under a dress yeah. and it looks like I mean those are great right because you know summer's coming and there's chub rub situ- situations and I think that might be what I make out of them anyways you could use them just for leggings for shorts bike leg the bike yeah. biker style ones I think they're great I I really think that's cute. And I do love the idea of chub rub pants. That's something that people ask about regularly as well. I see questions floating around for what is it people are making to address that issue. Um, I've always been envious of those with chub rub. My thighs are sufficiently large that they don't rub. They just kind of hang out together the whole time. <laughs> so, so I my thighs have to be a little smaller to experience the glory mm-hmm. that is chub rub. Um, but, well, but I, I also... Do love that. Um, 
and I remember hearing on, I think the love to sew podcast, they talked about making those sorts of garments, the, you know, chub rub garments that out of, uh, bamboo lycra, they said that was like a really good choice for it. So it feels like that would be nice and soft and smooth. I think, um, yeah, I think that seems like a really reasonable thing. And you also called out one of our ones from last year. So how sevens elemental skirt, which I've made two or three of as being one that goes up to a 65 inch hip. That's an incredibly fast. sew. it's a front, it's a back and it's an elastic waist and you're attaching the elastic parallel with the edge of the fabric and then folding it over. Um, They do not have you sew it down after you fold it over. The idea is that as you wear it, that elastic will just stay properly folded over. And if you're using a non-roll elastic, it should work. I found I had better results from um, zigzag stitching it down. Yeah, I think I would do that. So, um, but it is, it is a lovely, lovely pattern um, and uh, great price, obviously. (laughs) Okay, the next one I know we talked about during the year last year when it came out, but um, I want to call attention to the Peppermint Magazine Bowen dress. It goes up to a 61-inch hip. I do want to note that new patterns from Peppermint are on a pay-what-you-can scale starting at $5 and going like they have a choice between $5 and $20, um, but the old ones seem to still be free. I don't know how long that'll be, but for right now, okay. um, you can get this. This is what they call a buffet dress. It's it's very similar to the DIY Daisy one, actually. Yeah, it is very much so, except that this one has, I think, a button placket at the yeah. top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but probably also very low waist. Yeah, it looks like it would be. It appears to be primarily rectangles with just that scoop for the neck. Yeah. Very cute. Um Helen's closet has also got an apron, um which of course is a fabulous thing that many people need for both work and and home and it's a really nice looking apron with lots of um sort of technical pocket details at the top where you could put pens or other things in if you're a drafter Mm -hmm. you're doing that kind of work it's it's a nice looking one and it is intended to fit up to a 62 inch hip yeah and i really hope that Mm -hmm. uh that counts Mm -hmm. as a garment since i put it in there but i think it does i would count it as a garment aprons are yeah i mean i would view it that way Um, this also reminds me that if you're a member of the patreon for mana and broad um, that they have a number of free patterns and free adaptations that can be used. I don't think any of them would qualify for so frugal, yeah. but it's it's worth calling out that they they give you some things that enable you to extend some of the some of the patterns that they provide, and also are in and of themselves patterns that are really appealing to folks with larger bodies. Okay. So when I was researching the free patterns for over sixty three inch hip almost every single one was a mood pattern that I found. And I know that Jenny has had some issues with the drafting on mood patterns. So I didn't call out a lot of them. However, I want to say that they were the, the only source that I found um, of free menswear patterns in this size range, although the jumpsuit would definitely qualify, um, that I could find aside from a few t-shirt patterns. And so there's a link to, um, the, their menswear slash unisex, which I like that they, they acknowledge that unisex is really menswear. And then, um, (laughs) they, they also have all gender patterns, which are different. But, um, so I, I thought that, you know, I did call out one um, in particular, which is the woodsiest shorts. Jim loves these sort of cargo style yeah, shorts. Yeah, my husband does too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they have those. Um, I I can't vouch for them because I haven't made them before, but um, they are a source for people who, for men who sew or people who sew for men in general. Yeah, I, so mood. I was thinking about this a lot recently because there are these new PDF stitchers that'll turn your mood fabrics into AO printable patterns. And that makes them a lot more usable to me because those are the ones I always had to tape. And then I'm just mad. I had to tape and it doesn't fit. Um, But as I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, the, the real problem that I've had with mood fabrics isn't necessarily that the patterns are badly drafted. Um, They may be. It's that their sizing is indeterminate 
based on what they tell you it should fit. Their body size measurements and the the size it would assign you don't seem to line up because they seem to build an excess of ease into some of the larger size bands of the pattern. So for example, on the strapless garment I made that I had to had to pin to things in order to hold up. <laughs> um, if I had made that three sizes smaller, I probably would have had a better fit experience on what I think might've been called the Clementine, but it may have been called something else. One of the ones I did that had a cutout side waist and was elasticized. And I made, I want to say in the end, I made like the size 14 or something, yeah, which, is, yeah. which is a size number I haven't experienced since middle school. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and it was still very large on me. I mean, it yeah. fit fine, but it was much more oversized than the photos indicated was intended. And it started me thinking that the real problem is that I need to, I need to be thinking of them in terms of what ease it looks like they intend and looking for finished garment measurements, asking other sewists who have sewn them how their experience was, because I think this is, I don't think it can be just a plus size problem. I think it's a problem that probably exists across sizes below mine maybe not all the way down to the model size right right but but i think it probably exists elsewhere and i think it would make more of their garments usable if i was using a projector because i could project the pieces and measure them before i cut my problem is that i'm on paper and before i cut like i normally on a mood pattern i'm not going to order with all the sizes printed. Well, it's too yeah. Many. I mean, I think that, yeah. And in general, I don't know about, I don't think you usually get all the finished measurements on the, I don't, I think you'd have to ask other people about them, like yeah. other people who've experienced the garment, but, but, you, it's, but it's interesting. Yeah. So you can probably figure out the measurements if you had, like, if you knew how to do the uh, like illustrator or something. So for our folks that are, computer savvy they could probably take this yeah and figure that out but yeah um, and projector folks as well because you can just project it off it's a lot of work though it it is a lot of work so um yeah for but can you use these these um pdf like the a4 or letter size ones in a projector you, you can but only i mean first off you can i mean you it would be really annoying so i wouldn't do it um <laughs> because you'd have to move the projector like the image over and over to do it but there are pdf stitcher programs that I you see. can feed that pattern into that will export for you an ao version i get it i get it okay yeah but um so in other words it's maybe you know it's riskier mood fabric patterns are pretty risky but um, um, I thought we should really include them because they are a huge source of free patterns that come yeah. up to a 63 inch hip. And so, they're also, they're like, they're very edgy often. They're very stylish. They're very at the front of what's happening in fashion. So although the cargo shorts, maybe not. Work, I think, I think cargo shorts can only be loved by people of a certain age, male or female, but that's my, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know enough about fashion. Maybe they're having a renaissance, um, but, but yeah. Um, but I think their, their stuff is interesting enough that if you like what they do, if that vibe is yours, there may be some paths to making it work better for you. But I think that rounds us up, right? That's what we've got. Basically yeah, we end with I think everything in mood. well i do think that there there are choices out there they're difficult to find i'm glad that i sat down and and you know spent a good amount of time actually trying to find these because um because i'd like for you know everybody to be able to participate in this really fun challenge to use your stash fabric and you know i can't yeah i can't cry about it because i've got plenty of stash fabric here to work with absolutely Got my um, own little fabric would, store. If if I could, I would recommend that the folks hosting this challenge and other challenges put the effort in themselves to try and make it available to people in larger bodies. There's so much that we're left out of because the people who organize those challenges don't think about whether or not they're available to others. And I would I I would wish that folks who do that would put some effort into that. You know, if they can't, we can. So, yeah. 
Okay. So if you would like to sponsor us, you can DM us on Instagram, Punk Frockers account. You can, uh, if you'd like to support our show, you can join us through Patreon, which is patreon.com slash punk frockers. And as always, we will. Oh, no, I was telling you. A rate and review? Yeah. Okay, darn it. I thought you skipped it. Um, (laughs) Okay, so as always, uh, you can rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We absolutely love that. It helps others to find us and uh, makes us really smile each and every time. So thank you. And with that, we will see you you next Tuesday. Tuesday. Punk Frackers is created, produced, and edited by Beverly Baptiste and Jenny Hassler. On Instagram, you can find the podcast at Punk Frackers. You can find Jenny at J.O. Hassler and Beverly at Weeds to Wildflowers. Our artwork and music is created and performed by Jim Duran. You can find him on Instagram and his website at jimduran.art. 